Welcome to the Men Are The Prize podcast. This is a safe space for men just like you to be open, vulnerable, and emotional. Every week, a new case study steps out of his comfort zone to discuss masculinity. Using the prize mantra, we discuss important aspects of being a man. This is the who, what, where, when, and how of manhood. Welcome to Man of the Prize, the podcast. I'm here. I'm your host. I'm Harvey. How are you? I hope you had a good week. I hope you, you know, you succeeded in everything you wanted to do. But more importantly, if it wasn't a great week, that's okay too. I hope you were able to handle it. I hope you're able to deal with, you know, the struggles, you know, the walls that were thrown in front of you this week. And, you know, you didn't let it affect you. You handled it properly and your mental health stayed intact. That's the most important thing. Another great guest this week. I'm so happy. I, I'm so lucky I get to talk to great people every week with this. Before I introduce you, I'm going to remind you like I do every week. I am just an expert at being me, at just being this man. So everything we're doing here is just conversation. It's hopefully allowing you to be comfortable to talk, to release emotions your struggles, whatever's going on. That's what the purpose of this is, is because we're not raised to do this. We're supposed to keep it in. And I don't want men doing that. I want you to open up and talk to somebody, friend, mentor, whomever. If you get nothing out of this, it is okay. And you need to be able to talk to somebody and release so that we don't become toxic. You know, we don't like that word and we're not gonna be that. So I can't diagnose, I can't help you with whatever issues, but I can let you know that if you do have issues, there's always somebody you can talk to. There's better options than doing something we don't want to talk about. And with that said, our guest is Maximilian Alexander Dutton. That's a name. Like you, you name your child Maximilian, he's doing big things. So that's just a good start. He is a patriot, childhood trauma survivor, recruiter, sales expert, and mindset crafter. Born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Max was immediately thrusted into a world riddled with drug abuse, domestic violence, and poverty. He escaped many of the horrors of his childhood by self-teaching himself the drums and at 17 joined the United States Marine Corps Band. Since then, Max has traveled to over 14 countries, played for royalty, presidents, and celebrities, reaching the hearts of thousands through patriotism and music. Max credits the Marine Corps for saving his life and felt passionate about helping men and women escape similar situations. While serving in the Marines, Max was awarded seven Navy and Marine Corps Achievement Medals, 17 Certificates of Commendation, a Marine Corps Leadership Award, and a Navy and Marine Corps Commendation Medal. I'm gonna take a breath. This man is legit. He then went on to begin speaking professionally to share the message that you don't have to become a product of your environment, that any dream can be accomplished with self-discipline and commitment. To, your, to you and your future. He's developed courses to guide people to their long-term goals and is author of the book, 10 Lessons to Escape Mediocrity and Build Your Dreams. If there's one thing Max believes in more than anything, it is that you are the master of your own reality. He is passionate about helping others escape from the clutches of trauma, mediocrity, or boredom and reach their full potential. Max currently resides in South Florida with his wife and son. Welcome to the podcast, sir. How are you today? I'm doing very well. I appreciate the uh, the great introduction, Harvey. That looked and sounded phenomenal. Yeah, I'm doing really good. <laughs> no problem. All right, no problem at all. So, like I mentioned, when I just right before we got started, this is a podcast. I'm looking to get men comfortable talking, dealing with our inner selves, without judgment, proposal, anything like that. So I'm glad I got you on here. So, Absolutely. all right. So the first thing I'm going to do is as great of a bio as I just read and as great as everybody just heard this. If I were to meet you on the street and I had like 20 seconds and I didn't have a chance to read this impressive bio that you that I read and you had 20 seconds to just tell me about you, what would you say? Well, you know, that's an interesting question. Uh, if I had to take 20 seconds to tell you about me, 
Um, well, you know, if they, I think first of all, I probably, probably wouldn't, you know, that's the kind of guy that I am. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm much more of an observer in, in a lot of situations, but, um, you know, if I had to, to introduce myself to somebody, you know, I would, I would just say that, um, you know, my main passion is, is, is motivational speaking. And that's what I do. Um, you know, obviously there are many other things that go with that. And as a motivational speaker, you know, I am currently heavily invested in just trying to manipulate the minds of people. When I say manipulate, I, I genuinely mean that because ultimately I feel like right now uh, the, the world we live in is so twisted. There's so many people who are living this, this, this fake life. They do things for the wrong reasons. So I try to manipulate them into becoming who they truly want to be. So, you know, as a speaker, that's my goal is to get people to really discover their full potential and uh, get back to their roots. And, you know, I, I, love exercise and I love being, um, you know, just the best mentally, physically, spiritually, you know, always trying to just grow. I love trying to just best myself, you know, so that's who I am. Um, and I, I try to be a humble guy. I don't talk too much about, you know, uh, my accomplishments or, or, you know, the next, next things that are on the, on the docket, but, uh, you know, so that's me, that's it, you know, very simple. Okay. Appreciate that. Okay, so if you've been a listener, you know how I do this. I like the word prize. I think it's representative of us men, and I don't think we realize it. So I took the word, took the letters, and I gave each of those letters a particular word, a characteristic, and we're going to go through questions with them. So the first letter in the word prize is P, and that word, we're going to go with this purpose, and that's defined as reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. Now you kind of mentioned it, but we'll open up a little bit. So Max, what is your purpose? And I'll tell you what, you know, the fact that you're asking that question is, is incredible because I ask that question to a lot of people as well. And I think that knowing your purpose is so much more complicated than anyone could really ever imagine you know i would imagine that you probably ask people this question and it literally stops them like right there they have to think they're not sure they're you know they're right like because people haven't taken the time to take a step back and ask themselves what is my purpose let's diagnose that a little bit let's 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 dissect that rather what is the reason i'm alive who what do i do right what can I do that if it wasn't done, probably would never get done, right? Like if I didn't do it, it would probably never happen. So many people don't have that answer. So for me, you know, my purpose is, my purpose is to inspire. That is my purpose. Um, my purpose is to develop people and to help them grow and to, to inspire them and just to change their, 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 their viewpoints. Um, yeah, I served in the Marine Corps for 12 years and, um, I, as, uh, as fulfilling as, as that was as the United States Marine and, and everything that that came with. And, you know, I was eight years, nine years away from a military retirement and I made the decision to, to transition out of the military because I couldn't imagine what another nine years of you know, that type of lifestyle would do to my mental ability, right? Like my, my ability to continue my path and to seek my purpose, because um, that is a long, that's a long time. I, you know, at that time, I'd be about 40 years old, retiring from my career there. And, you know, uh, the, the thing about the military lifestyle is that you, you are not you, you are a Marine, right? And I can't speak for the other services, but in the Marine Corps, that is first and foremost, you know, the rules and regulations and the standards and the things that are expected of you, that comes first always in that organization. So, and that's okay. And that's what you sign up for. Um, but I needed to fulfill my own purpose and my purpose, my dream, my reason for being alive is to, to, to help cultivate the minds of other people. Because on a daily basis, you know, when I walk into a Walmart or I walk into a Taco Bell and I'm just 
you're looking at that's where the majority of people work in these lower end positions. And I walk into these uh, different establishments and the customer service is beneath the basement. You know, there is no type of, of uh, purpose to what they do at their job. They're just there because they need a job and they make money. Nobody takes pride in themselves where they're at anymore. And when I say nobody, I'm obviously generalizing, but you know, it's just a trend that people do not, people do not have the ability to, to provide real service. And I asked myself, you know, why are you here then? Would, if you're going to do something, why not give it a hundred percent of yourself? And this is something that always drove me a little crazy. So you know, uh, these types of questions is something that I always dealt with and, and, and I wanted to be able to, to make a change. I wanted to inspire people. And that's why ultimately I wrote my book, 10 Lessons to Escape Mediocrity and Build Your Dream. What is mediocre? Well, let's think about it. Mediocre as defined by Webster of average quality. Doesn't mean it's bad. It's just average quality. But nobody truly wants to be defined as average. So my purpose is to help people break out of that to follow their dream okay who inspired you growing up tv denzel washington movies you know um i didn't have a lot of male role models that were doing the things that i should be doing you know um doing the things that i wanted to be doing right um the male role models i had him and my father was there in a sense um and i love him to death he's a great guy uh, in my eyes, but in reality, you know, he, he did not, he was good for one line of advice. Would, you know, do what I say, not as I do kind of guy. And, uh, so for me, my role models were, were fictional characters, you know, uh, people that were played on TV shows. Um, and, and I saw their poise. And I saw their confidence and I saw the way that they interacted with people when they walked into a room, how people addressed them. And that's how I began to cultivate my own personality. Okay. Okay. So no, I mean, aside from your father, no actual person, I would say. Just to kind of contemplate it, let's say you had an I'm not religious either, so it's just a term. But let's just say there was a pastor, a deacon, um, a rabbi, anybody who had been around you, who could have inspired you. Would it have changed the direction of your life? Um, no, I think that it would have kept me going the same path that I'm currently going. Um, those types of key figures, you know, I think would have ultimately led me to be a man of character, right? And to be, you know, generous and to be kind. There are, there are a lot of things about me that are a little bit cold. You know, I can, I can tend to be a, a bit cold because of my upbringing, you know, you, when you, when you were raised to simply survive, that's what you have in your mind. It's fight or flight, right? So it's, you know, you are designed simply to get what you need for tomorrow. And you know, that's a real thing. I don't think people really take into consideration. Um, you know, people, there are a lot of people like that. I mean, you yourself could be like that. I don't know your story, but, you know, those types of individuals that's, that have that mindset from, from, from growing up with, with poor role models and having that, that survival instinct, you know, lifestyle, um, they, have, they, they have memory issues, memory loss, things like that. Like, they're, they're, it's defense mechanisms that their body begins to begins to, you know, uh, they, they, they can't remember what they did last they, week yeah. and yesterday. They repress right? that stuff. Yeah, you don't want to remember so, that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And it follows you even when those things have ceased to happen. So for me, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I think that, you know, I had, had a, a role model uh, been there. I think I would, would continue doing what I'm doing now because now as I'm older, you know, I'm still a fairly young man, you know, I'm 29 years old, you know, so for me, um, I, I am meeting a lot of role models and a lot of individuals who I'm connecting. I'm purposely attaching myself to, you know, in their 50s and 60s, who are the, the business leaders in the world. You know, the real estate guys, the 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 guys who are running their businesses the way I want to run my business. And these, the, you know, so um, you know, I don't think it would have changed. Okay, good to know. All right, and with that, we'll move on because I think you were you were kind of easing into it, but let's get into it now. The next letter in the word prize is R. 
and the word is resilience. And that's defined, defined, excuse me, as the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties and toughness. So knowing where you are now, knowing the journey that you've taken, can you think of a particular situation, something that happened to you where you had to deal with it because we have to survive, but it showed you a level of toughness, of resilience that maybe you didn't know that you had, but that you had to have to survive? Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, every day, <laughs> you know, uh, but definitely, I mean, when I, you know, when I was young, I had to be resilient in, in so many ways. Um, you know, my mom, she had a very severe um, cocaine addiction when I was when I was young. And um, any, if anybody knows anybody that has that type of has that type of um, addiction, you know, it it is all consuming. It is not it's not even their fault. You know, it's not something they can really even control. And I, I don't think people get that, you know um when something reminds them of it, it, it that's the only thing their brain could think of they will do anything and say anything to get to get high so you know my mom she would get paid or my dad he would get paid whoever i was with and uh it's like their brain would just turn into a different direction so what would happen is the the, the money for the bills and things like that would get spent immediately and i'm talking all of it just burnt flushed down the toilet so rent wasn't getting paid utilities weren't getting paid like things just were not getting paid and uh one two three months of, of that type of situation what that'll do is it'll get you evicted right <laughs> you yeah. come home and you got that big orange notice on the door and it's it's time to move on so the type of resilience that i actually had to develop was that resilience when you know i would come home from from school off of two buses and a trolley and, and i walk over to the house at you know seven years old and all of our things would be thrown out on the street by the sheriffs. They'd be tossing all of our stuff out into the streets. And, you know, um, my mom would tell me, hey, pick up the things that you can and put them in your backpack and we're moving, right? And we're, we, we would start walking and we'd find a, a friend and that friend was also probably a drug addict. And we'd bounce from couch to couch or shelter to shelter and we'd get another place and the cycle would repeat. It was just this cycle that never ended of just, you know, get a place, one, two, three months, three strikes, you're out, boom hop, 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 homeless shelter, this, that, foster care, whatever. So, yeah, and, and in those moments, people that grow up like that, you got to be extremely resilient. And, and the cool thing about it, the good thing about it, I won't say cool thing, but the good thing about it is when you're young, it's just life. And, and, and you don't realize how traumatizing it is until you get older. And that's kind of where, like, things start to kind of pour out. But um, when you're young, it's just life. You know, if you, for example, if your parents got divorced at one years old, right, you don't remember them ever being together. Well, then the entire time you were raised, they were always apart. So it's, you know, it's just what life is for you. You don't miss dad being home or mom being home. Like you don't see the difference. It just is what it is. So the, for me, that just was what it was. It was just one of those things where this is just kind of how things are. Is it inconvenient? Yes. But like, it wasn't like we grew up in this home and then I lost everything and had nothing one serious time after 10 years of comfort. Um, so that's the, the good thing, but you have to be resilient in those situations. But another instant I can, I can think of is uh, when I was 18 and I went to, to boot camp for the United States Marine Corps, you know, um, you, you have to be resilient. You have to push through no matter what. I mean, Marine Corps boot camp is extremely difficult. All the services that is, um, you know, the one that everyone steers clear from because, of the reputation and 13 weeks of complete isolation you can't even use personal pronouns there's no i me my this recruit that recruit these recruits uh you can't refer to yourself as me i right so these 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 mental um it, they mentally destroy you you know physically they destroy you uh spiritually they break you down they take anything from you and even for a guy like me who um you know, I knew I was getting paid. I knew I had eight hours of sleep every night. I knew that when when this was over, I was going to be a United States Marine. I was going to be able to have a different life. But even a guy like me, they find a way to break you. They take your food. They take your sleep. They take whatever they got to take from you to see the smirk on your face disappear. You know, they break you down. So you got to be resilient in those types of situations. Um, and I've always put myself in, in, into those types of worlds just to continue to build because I'm a firm believer that growth does not come without 
discomfort. So, yeah. Okay. So, sounds like growing up, not a lot of structure, kind of slapdash. Life is wherever you were. You sleep where you can. It sounds like the military kind of gave you structure that you didn't have growing up was aside from, you know, finishing it off and having a job and some security for life. Was the structure something that appealed to you? Yeah, of course. You know, I think, I think it's more just stability, right? Like structure is one thing, but it's just, it's, 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 a, it's a level of stability that, um, that I was not accustomed to. You know, so that that was very appealing, you know, and, and, and independence, right? When you're in a, you know, now you're in a world where you no longer need to rely on anyone else. It's just like you you have a career, you're in the military, you're in the Marine Corps, and you're good. You know what I mean? And as long as you don't, you, you don't do anything crazy, you're going to remain good, right? So. <laughs> okay, yeah. I see. Okay. I skipped the I in the word prize. I get back to it at the end. The next letter is Z. The word is zeal. Zeal is defined as enthusiastic devotion. What are you enthusiastically devoted to? Enthusiastic, enthusiasm is, is my middle name essentially. You know, I think that, um, you know, I, I, like I said, you read my bio, I'm in sales. I mean, I've been recruiting uh, for many years now. Um, and when you are in sales, you're in recruiting, whether you're selling a dream, you're selling a refrigerator, a car, you know, you're selling a career, whatever, uh, insurance, you know, you have to be somewhat enthusiastic, but not like cheesy salesman, enthusiastically, like, you know, weird, you can tell, like, no, like, but just enthusiastic about your crap. Like you have to believe in what you say, you know, you have to believe in what your product, you have to believe in what you do. Um, so I'm enthusiastic about, about a lot of things, you know, that's one of, re one of the reasons why I was successful in, in recruiting is because of my just natural enthusiasm, you know, um, that's why I'm a good motivational speaker because I'm naturally enthusiastic. I'm just passionate about, about what I do. Like, I, I don't like to waste time on anything, you know, so if there's something that I don't like, I'm going to let you know it. And then I'm just not going to do it because I know that I'm the type of guy that needs to put hundred percent of myself into anything that I do. So if I don't want to do that if i don't want to give 100 percent of myself to something i just won't do it at all right um and then what that allows me to do is to have maximum enthusiasm in the things that i do such as speaking right like i when i'm on a stage and i'm i'm, I'm discussing something with you know a group of salesmen right uh, um, uh, i just did a car dealership yesterday actually um and it, it just you know you can just tell like the room is silent and they're they're watching you there's no room for anybody else to to breathe too hard in there because I'm taking all the oxygen so I can go ahead and provide them with content and and value to make sure that they're able to to crush whatever they're trying to crush you know high school students or, or college students in the same same scenarios it's just I'm enthusiastic about helping people break out of mediocrity I'm, I want people to realize that there's so much more in them than whatever it is they're probably doing. And, and it doesn't even matter. Like even myself, I mean, I'm always wondering, like, am I giving enough? Like, can I do more? Right. Like there's so much more. And um, so I'm enthusiastic about that. Uh, extremely. I'm enthusiastic about, about, about being a, a, a husband, being a father, you know, I'm enthusiastic about that. I'm enthusiastic about it because it allows me to break the cycle. You know, it allows me to be better than my grandfather was and better than my father was and to to break the cycle of, of the Duttons who, you know, were, were deadbeat dads, you know, to have a, a little boy that can actually grow up and to be a man of character. And you said, you know, anyone who names their son Maximilian is gonna do great things. Well, his name is Maximilian the second, and he will do great things. Now in short, right? It's not gonna be a luck of the draw like it feels like it has been for me because every I have five other brothers and sisters and they're all going through so many challenges because they cannot seem to to find their path you know um and they're they they hold on to so much baggage and, and there's just so many things that they're dealing with and for me you know it just seemed lucky that I was able to to take that same trauma and point it into a different direction and use it as fuel 
Um, but for him, he won't have to, it won't be luck, right? So I'm enthusiastic about that. Um, yeah. I like, I like that. Um, I hear, as I hear you talk and I'm kind of, you know, getting your vibe, feeling your energy, it feels almost like you are imposing your will on people to succeed, to thrive. It's like, once I'm done talking to you, you have no choice but to be better. That's what it sounds like when I'm talking to you. I mean, is that a good description of what it's like when you're talking, maybe a program that you do? Do Is it just like you can do great things and here's how and I'm going to make you do that? Is that because you said at the beginning that you kind of manipulate? So is that what you mean? Like it's just my sheer presence. I'm going to give that to you. and You're going to run with it. Yeah, I mean, pretty much, right? Uh, and, and you described it quite well because he, here's the thing, right? If I can do it, literally anybody can do it. That's the, that's the, and I know how cliche that sounds. And when I say do it, I mean, look, I'm not a millionaire, right? I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm a millionaire, but you know what? If I want to go buy a $60,000 car, I can do it. If I want to take my wife to, to Europe, I can do it. If I want to be able to, like I live in a nice home and I'm comfortable. And when you look at where I came from to where I'm at today, it, and I think about where I'm going tomorrow, like, like dep depending on who you are, I've, I've won already the game, you know, in so many ways. And, and, and I'm saying like, if I can do this, then you can do this. If I can start a business and you can start a business. If I can, if I can, you know, how many people tell you, oh, I wish I could learn an instrument. I wish I, oh, I wish I could play the guitar. Well, then do it. Like, why not do it? You know, who is stopping you from all these little things that you want to do? you can do them, you know? So it's not so much about imposing my will per se, but it's just making it very clear that it's literally as easy as flipping a switch in your mind. And just like that switch is saying, you know what? Despite the fact that it's gonna be uncomfortable, I won't be good at it. I won't be comfortable with this. I, I'm, you know, it's gonna take some critical thinking skills. It's gonna take some time. I'm gonna flip this switch because this button that I'm about to flip is saying, I'm gonna get it done no matter what zero fail mentality right boom flip the switch and no matter what happens you take small steps in that direction so if i can do it anyone can do it it literally i mean i, I was born addicted to crack cocaine like i had the shakes that's who i was right like i was i had no opportunity i had nothing I, my, my dad was the kind of dad i'm like hey dad go buy me whiskey from the, the, the liquor store i'm 14 15 years old right like uh, we're smoking blunts together like that's that's like that's where i come from right like you know, I come from that type of world. I come from the world where you open the kitchen cabinets and there's nothing but, you know, crack pipes and cockroaches, you know? So like, I, I, I ran the streets. My parents did not tell me to do or not to do pretty much anything. I mean, you know, it was, I, I luck really that I'm even not in jail for some of the things that I did when I was a kid, honestly. But, you know, my point is, when I speak to people and I explain my story to them, I show them just how simple it really is to just start because that's what it comes down to is just beginning and then deciding to make the flip of the switch to take small, consistent actions every day. You know, Denzel Washington has a quote and many people I'm sure have heard it is that, you know, commitment will get you started and consistency will get you finished. And that's really all it comes down to is committing to something and then just being consistent in your actions. But it comes kind of back to the first question, which is purpose. And what people fail to realize is that if you don't identify a purpose, it's going to be really hard to be consistent with anything because it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be enjoyable. And even when it stops being enjoyable and fun because it's frustrating, you're not going to be passionate about it, you know? And, and you cannot have fun with something, but still be passionate about it. I'm sure there are days where you are supposed to have guests on your show and they just don't show up and it's like you're passionate about this, but it's frustrating and that's not fun, right? There are days where I'm supposed, I'm supposed to do something like uh, another speech coming up and I'm preparing a, a dynamic presentation to just be able to help this team. And I'm sitting here on my whiteboard and I'm like, I just can't think of the right thing. I'm frustrated. That's not fun, right? But I'm passionate about it. And because of that, it will allow me to be consistent. So that is what I do is I just try to help people realize that, you know, like, you know um, that if, if I can do it, you can do it. And you just got to figure out what it is. And then you just, you know, you take the opportunities that come, you get one life. If you want to do it, then do it. And, and there's no reason to stop. There's no reason to wait. And there's no reason to quit. Like, just, just go, you know, agreed. 
what motivates you more? It just, it just came to hearing you kind of describe where you came from. What motivates you more? The fact that you came from where you came from, the situation, the struggles, surviving that, or the prospect of what you're going to become later? Are you more motivated by what I'm going to be or more by I was this and now I'm moving forward? You need both, Harvey. You need both. You can't have just one and, and get very far. You know, it's, it's in life, you can't just be running from something and you can't be just running to something. You need to be being pushed and pulled at the same time. And, you know, they say that, they say that a vision without action is a dream and that action without vision is a nightmare. And, you know, I refuse to live in a nightmare. I refuse to. I refuse to just do things because other people are just doing things, right? What does that mean, doing things? Like every 17-year-old kid that just goes to a four-year university because that's what their mom and dad have told them to do forever. Every, you know, 22, 23-year-old that just gets a job and then just stays in that job because it's paying them a check. Every individual, like all these people who are doing things just because they feel like they should do something, that is called taking action without having the vision. You have to know where you're going. So for me, I look at my past and I, I, I have always been in a situation where it, it, until I met my wife, up until that point, I had never had anyone to rely on. Like I could not rely on anybody for anything. For me, there was never a backwards. There was no choice but to move forward and I, I had to continue to thrive and move up in the ranks in the Marine Corps and to, to, you know, continue to make money and to continue to, I couldn't go backwards. There was no backwards. If I went backwards, I'd go back to nothing, literally. I mean, I didn't have the experience needed to get a good high paying job. I didn't have the, the, the knowledge to be able to start the business I needed to start. You know, I didn't have, I didn't have the fa uh, familial support. My mom, dad, like they could not take care of me. That didn't do, you know, the day I left, you know, all, all the things I ever owned as a young man before I went to recruit training, those things got sold at a pawn shop. Like I had nothing, right? So I I always have that that realization that there is no backward. Um, and then as far as where I'm going, you know, because of, because of, there's always, you know, I think, you know, there's always kind of a thing in my mind that told me, you know, Max, there's something out here for you. You're special. You know, there's something out here for you to do. There's something out here for you to complete. I'm not a very um, religious person. Actually, I, I will, you know, reframe uh, that sentence there. I'm not religious at all. Um, I'm, I'm spiritual in some ways. You know, um, I, I, I don't get behind any particular religion or ideology. I don't, I don't. But what I do know is that there is something. And that something has a plan. And that plan, I have a piece in it. And so, so does everyone in some way, but you know, you have to identify what your part of it is. And that's what pushes me forward is knowing that there's something I'm supposed to complete. And you know, what? I'm going to tell you something, Harvey, I'm getting close. I'm getting close. Like I can feel it, you know? So yeah, that's what it is. That's both. That's, that's good. That's good. The last letter in the word prize, the letter is E. The word is expectation. Expectation is defined as a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. So I'm gonna veer off a little bit, I'm gonna stick with the word, but I'm gonna ask you a different way. You talk to groups, to people, individuals, businesses, whatever, kids, whatever. When you talk to, let's say this, let's talk, you're talking to a, a room full of business people, salesmen, whatever. When they're done hearing you speak, what do you expect them to get from you and do with it? I expect them to be quiet. I expect them to not wanna have the same dull conversation they were having with their colleague before it started. I expect them to go to the bathroom and, and wash their hands and, and look in the mirror and, and just say, huh. Yeah. 
That's it. That's what I expect them to do. I expect them to just reflect for a second there. And every day that they wake up and they get that 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 feeling of being, you know, that that excuse maker that that's in the back of their head, and it's you know, they have the the they 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 reflect on what we talked about, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, that's that thing that Max was talking about. That's that thing. You know what do what is my purpose? What is my dream? How do I like it? I am lucky to have this job, or I I am fortunate enough to be here today. Like. Where, where am I supposed to be going? Like, how come I haven't learned that instrument? How come I haven't followed my dream? Why? What is the excuse? Like, that's what I want is that question. That's the expectation for me is for them to just question themselves in some way. You know, um, that's that's the expectation. I hear that. And to me, it sounds like at least how I take it. I take it as I imagine if I ever got to hear you speak, I would leave there. And you would want me to have like this daily light bulb moment. Like every morning I wake up and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Next day, same thing. I get up. Okay, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe I didn't do it yesterday. Why not? What am I doing now? This continuous recognition of, you know, what I can, what I can do. So I guess it, mm -hmm. well, you know, an epiphany, right? So right. Here, here's the thing. But you know, the, the funny thing about life that I've noticed so far is that in, 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 you know, every once in a while, it could be a couple of months, it could be six months, it could be a year, we will wake up and be completely dissatisfied with pretty much everything that's going on with us. And we're like, oh, man, like, I, how did I let myself gain this much weight? <laughs> like, dang, man, like, I used to be, I used to be tight, you know? Or, or dang man like I, I, i'm 30 years old like this is not really where i expected to be in life right now right and we have these epiphanies that 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 come into play and if we don't surround ourselves with people who will invoke that type of idea or or to to create that type of thought if we don't spend our time in those environments then it might easily be six months or a year between these these very deep epiphanies that we have so you know my point is so many people are waking up five years down the road, 10 years down the road, they're, they're, they're 30, then they're 35, then they're 40, then they're 50. And they're, they're just not, they're, they're just not where they thought they would be. So when I speak to people, when I have these, these meetings, and these, these, these conversations, it's to create that epiphany for them. It's to, to, to uh, prematurely, create the epiphany for them and you know it's actually a shame because i i do a ton of outreach for my business and i do quite a few speaking engagements and i also do a ton of social media stuff my instagram i try to make a post pretty much every day this last week i took a bit of a break just because i wanted to give the algorithm a break right i think i've been actually losing views it's been weird but you know um I try to make a post every single day to 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 continue to put content out there but my point is i i do a lot of outreach and you would be surprised how many managers, business owners, they see almost no value in that type of service. You know, they will sit there and train an individual till they're blue in the face about, you know, whatever it is that they do for, for a job. And the, the thing they're not realizing is this person doesn't care about what you're teaching them. They don't care, man. They just want to get the paycheck and go home. They they hate you, in fact. They hate this job. They hate the company. They hate everything it stands for because they have not realized that this is a part of their purpose. That they haven't seen what they could what they could really get from your company. They don't see the value in them. Again, generalizing is not everybody, but it's the majority of people. And so these employers, they don't realize that. And they just they think that, you know, take bringing in a motivation guy or a, a sales trainer or whatever from the outside is, is, is financially, you know, waste. But in reality, when you unlock the mind of a person, it opens up the ability to accept information from any source. It, I mean, now these people are like, dang, you know what? I should be a better employee. I should be grateful that I'm here. I should take advantage of all the training they give me. So now when you go to train them or now when they go to whatever, or they, their customer service is through the roof and now your business profits and they're going through the roof, right? Like, oh, wow, imagine that. Look at that, right? So yeah, that, you know, 
the epiphany. You know, it's helping people just wake up and be more purposeful in what they do. Good. So, like I said, I save the I in the word prize because that's right. that's just that's just for you. So, you have a lot of accolades, a lot of titles, a lot of jobs. But let's strip you down for a second. So you're not dad. You're not a speaker. You're not a Marine Corpsman. You're not anything but just you. All these titles, all these things are stripped from you. When it's just Max with nothing else attached, who are you? Nobody. You know, I have um, a tattoo on my back that goes from shoulder to shoulder. In a big word that says nobody. That's who I am. I am nobody. And tomorrow, next week, five years from now, 80 years from now, when I die, I will be nobody in the grand scheme of everything. And that's okay. But while I'm here, you know, I want to provide value in my particular way. But without that stuff, with that stuff, I'm nobody. We are all nobody. Our egos don't exist. You know, doesn't matter what car you drive, doesn't matter how many girls you've been with, doesn't matter how much money you have, where you go, what your watch looks like. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you're on stage with the colored hair. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. Nobody will remember you after two generations. It doesn't matter. So nobody, that's the answer. It's interesting. And that's the first time I've gotten that response to that. Um, what I do get from, I spoke to uh, a man in the past and we were talking about, just talking, and he brought up time management. And I have an 18 year old son, college, all that stuff. And I did college. And when we talk, talk, I have four kids. When we talk to kids about time management, you were doing high school, you didn't have much to do, get this work done, blah, 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 whatever. But when we get to an older person, time management, now you're in college, you got four classes. The teachers don't have time to tell you what to do. You need to read that chapter, do that paper, be ready for that test. And maybe you got to go to work too. That's time management that we would teach, that kind of lesson we'd send off to our kids. But when I was talking to this guy, he said it different to him and really to me now. Time management means I literally could die the minute this microphone cuts off. What did I do with the time that I have right now? What am I going to do with the life that I've been given? What opportunities am I going to take? What things am I going to try and fail at? Take advantage of the time you have now. So time management means something different to me. So when you're talking about I'm here now, it's what to me, that's what I hear with, with that. I'm here now. What am I doing now? Because I may not finish what I want. Just like you said, I wanted to learn how to play the cello. Oh, I'll do it later. Maybe you don't get the chance. Time management seems like really an important thing because we have to take advantage of our situation as simple as being alive. So that's really what I get from you when I hear you saying that. Um, thanks for answering the questions in the prize mantra that I kind of threw up. I have three yeah. more questions for you. Yeah, if I may, though, I wanted to hit on your time management uh, piece there a bit. You know, when I when I think about time, and I, I love that, right? Time management. So, okay, what have I done at this moment up to this point? But the way I describe time management, you know, I could, I, you know, in the meantime, right? In the meantime, that's really what it is. Because, so we have these chapters in life. There's big events that happen, high school graduation, college graduation, Marine Corps boot camp graduation, you know, having a son, having a daughter, having multiple, um, you know, just different chapters, bought a house, started a business, became a millionaire, you know, bought 10 businesses, became a multi-millionaire, whatever in the meantime is what matters because in the meantime is where all those things happen. It's not 
it's, you know, and, and one of the things that people seem to miss is like, oh, I want to do this thing. Okay, well, what are you doing in the meantime? Because every step in between is what's going to get you there, brother. It's not the, the big end picture of what you want. It's everything you're doing that's leading up to it, right? Um, so in the meantime, the meantime is the most critical point. It's everything in between your goals that make your goals, right? And they say it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And it's essentially... The, the, the same concept, you know, it's, it's about what's happening in the meantime, you know, are you willing to put in the work that is needed to get what you want in the meantime? Because I'll tell you something, you want to be a bodybuilder, you're going to be in a gym for 10 years, you're going to have to work your butt off, you're going to be eating a lot of food you don't like, ground turkey every single day for five meals a day with a protein shake for every single meal and you're going to spend a lot of money so in the meantime i hope you like doing two days at the gym i hope you like doing cardio at six in the morning and i hope you like right because you had this end result so in the meantime these are all the things you need to do and that same thing applies for any goal so yeah you know that's kind of my take on it right that's literally what when you said in the meantime that's that's the first thing that hit me you know i want to be in shape i want to want to be buff so i go to the gym but if I then come home and in the meantime, I'm eating chips and burgers and all that stuff, then I'm completely wasting the meantime. So I, that's literally what I got. It's important what you do in between. And that's valuable. So I, I appreciate that. It's, I'm getting some, you know, I'm getting some light bulbs, some epiphanies as we're talking. And I appreciate that. What are you afraid of that you cannot control? What am I afraid of that I cannot control? Uh, nothing really. I mean, maybe the economy, <laughs> you know? Like, you know, I think everyone's kind of like looking at the economy from time to time where it's like these, 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 these uncertain things. You don't have time to think about that stuff, you know? So like these things happen and then all of a sudden, you know, it affects your business and affects, you know, just, you, you, you know, you can't control what happens there, but besides something simple like that, and I'm not even, you know, it's not really fear of that. It's just, um, I guess I'm afraid that my son will not be the man that I expect him to be. You know, I'm afraid of that, but I think I do have some control in that. So, I mean, he's an individual and he'll make his own choices in the long run, but in the meantime, I'll do my best to teach him the right way and show him the right way. So that's about it. Okay. So for me, I usually ask both sides of that question. So the other side of that is what is what are you afraid of that you can control? Nothing. And that's purpose, I think. If you recognize if you can control it, you shouldn't fear it because you know that you do what you're supposed to, you're gonna succeed. Right. And you know, fear is is um not real, right? Fear is a, uh, like, for example, my statement about the economy, right? Like, um, afraid the economy is going to blow up and we'll be in a recession. So for another 12 months after that, business will be tight, things will be tight. But that's just a thought of what might be. That's not real, right? I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of the dark. I'm afraid, why are you afraid of the dark? Oh, because who knows what's in there? It's a, it's a, it's just a, a, a concept that, you make up it's inside of your mind so as far as things that you can't control you hit the nail on the head if you can control it then then control it you know if you can take action on it then do it right like uh just just and then even if it doesn't go right why what, what is there to be afraid of there's no reason to be fearful you know I, every situation i've ever been in where i was afraid once it was over i did not see the reason why i was afraid Right. So then you oh, remember true. that. And then you think about that when you think you might get that, that moment of fear, you think about those types of things, those moments, and you're like, okay, everything's okay. Everything's cool. Just open your eyes, control what you can control, you know. And yeah. I like it. I thought of this question. I mean, I've seen it before. It's not an original question of mine. I'm not going to take credit for it. But for me, I'm a father just like you are. And the one time that I felt like I literally, something that I'm fearful of and I can really literally do nothing about it is watching your child come into the world. Because as a man, I'm here, I'm taking care of my wife, we go to doctor's appointments, we do everything to make sure she's getting taken care of, I'm her support, I'm her rock, whatever. But in the, you know, in the delivery room, I'm a spectator. 
-hmm. And the best I can do is support her and hope she's healthy and hope the baby comes out. And there's nothing literally I can do for that. I can yeah, I don't pray. That's the one. That's what threw me. And that's not a lot of situations, but that's the one situation where I'm like, and I'm done. The door is closed. Poor kid. <laughs> but she's that's she's having this baby, and there's no amount of testosterone that I can pump out that's gonna make sure this baby comes out healthy. And I just gotta watch and hope that everything yeah, no. out. that's that's a great point right there. I remember that day. You're right. You know, you you had no control really, and you're just hoping the doctors know what they're doing and that everything just goes smooth. And yeah, good point. Yes, this was um, educational, obviously thought provoking, provoking, deep. My last, real last question for you is this, and I mean no disrespect with this question, but you know what? To be honest, you're a salesman. I know you can handle. There are a lot of men, women, people out there who are motivational speakers. There's a lot of life coaches. There's a lot of people who are doing this, who can quote this author, quote this anybody, who can throw me quotes on why I should be this and why you can be that guy and why this is the way you should go. So my question for you is why should I listen to you? Um, well, you can decide if you want to, you know, um... I could sell you on why you should listen to me uh, and I would feed you a bunch of bullshit, you know, <laughs> uh, excuse my language, but, you know, there, there are a lot of people that do a lot of great things. I mean, there's no one person to listen to, right? There's no one person to listen to. I think that everyone has their, their person that they connect with, you know, there, there are audiences out there that they just, they, they connect with my story. You know, they, they connect with my past. They connect with my energy. They like the, my, my my aggressiveness, my abrasiveness. You know, um, they because I'm an aggressive guy, and I, I and I I go at things and I go at it 100. percent And I got veins in my neck when I talk, and I'm just you know, and I just I just dig right. And some people are like, dude, this guy is just killing me, bro. You know, like <laughs> gotta get him out of here. But then there are other people that when I speak to them, I see they have tears in their eyes. And you know what? You know. I, it's not about selling myself to you. I'm a, I'm the kind of guy that I just do what I do. You either like it, you don't like it, um, and you make your own your own uh, decisions on what what you listen to and what you don't listen to. You know, uh, everything is about action. Everything is about action. You know, and and for me, I wake up at four o'clock in the morning every day. I work out pretty much every single day. I took a couple of days off this week, it hurt my back, but you know, like I, I'm always about getting in, into better shape. You know, I'm here for my family. I'm a good father, I'm a good, I'm a good husband, you know, and um, I'm on a journey and, and that inspires people, right? And if you're looking for, um, you know, if you're looking at me like, oh, you're not Tony Robbins, well then you're right. Like, oh, go pay $150,000 uh, to have him come to your business and pay Tony Robbins to do that, right? Like. Uh, but maybe you're just that kid that grew up in Philadelphia or you grew up in Detroit or you grew up in Michigan uh, somewhere and you grew up in, in Chicago and, you know, you're like, dang, man, like, that, you know, that guy, guy reminds me of my, you know, his story reminds me of my story. Like, my dad did that too. My mom did that too, you know, or, or you know, uh, I talk about my friend Caleb passing away and, like, the lessons that I learned from that and had, had you know, we had just taking our heads out of our butts a little bit, like we, he'd probably still be alive. And they, they think about their cousin who had that same situation or whatever the case is like, you know, for me, it's about action. So I act, I speak, I perform, I talk, and that does the selling, right? You, that's it. So um, I put as much content out there as I can so that people can make their own assumptions of me. Uh, but honestly, truthfully, you know, I think that anybody has to, to sit here and, and try to sell you on why you should use them. Um, they're probably, they might not be very good. You know, uh, I'll show you a video. Here goes a video of something I did and you make your own choices. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that do a lot of great things and, and good on them, you know, there, and there's a lot of people that, that, that should be doing it and aren't doing it. There's a lot of people that should write a book because they could probably kill it and just like have it all, you know, I wrote this book in two days. You know what I'm saying? Like I wrote this book in two days and, and like, so you know what? Don't tell me you, you always want to write a book, then go write one. You see what I'm saying? Then go write one. I wrote this book in two days. It's 130 pages. It's, it's not very long. It's a quick read. 
I'm a shorts guy of grammar errors and, and, and I'm not an, an English major, right? Like I edited the book myself, you know what I mean? So yeah. like, but I wrote a book, I did that thing. I published that book, it's on sale, get it, right? So go follow your dream. And th that's why people should, should come see me. That's why people should hire me. Why? Because I do what I say. You wanna write a book, write a book. You wanna learn an instrument? I taught myself how to play the piano. About a year and a half ago, I asked my wife, she damn near threw the piano out the window. I'm playing 10 hours a day. I couldn't stop because I was dedicated to just mastering the crap, right? So that's why, you know, I'm uh, act, take action. You make the determination, less, less talking, more doing. And my doing is unfortunately talking. So, you know, it's kind of important. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Max. I appreciate it. Um, with that said, anybody who's listening slash watching, how do they find you? Where are you social media wise, website? What are you up to? I'm a person listening. Where am I going to find you so that we can get into this? Yeah, so, um, you know, I'm, you, can, you can get my book, 10 Lessons to Escape Mediocrity and Build Your Dreams on Amazon. It's a, it's a quick read. I think I got up there for like 10 bucks. It was like $2 on, on, on Kindle, so it's super cheap. Um, you know, I didn't really do it for the money. I was going to give it for free, but one of my mentors, he's like, man, you got to charge people for it. Like you can't just put it out there. So uh, you can get my book on Amazon. Um, go visit DuttonMindset.com. You know, on DuttonMindset.com, I have a couple of videos up there, but mainly that's my speaker page. That's where you're going to be able to actually book me to be a speaker for your event. Um, whether it's, you know, and, and pretty much I've been doing, and it's so funny, you're up in Lake Worth, which is Palm Beach County, right? Yes, sir. Like I know, I'm, I'm. I said Fort Lauderdale. I didn't really know where you were, but I'm actually in Pompano Beach, so I'm not very oh. far from you. But yeah, you know, um, I've been going around Broward County and doing speaking uh, engagements for pretty, pretty much free for so many different uh, nonprofits and stuff like that. Um, because that, that's really the purpose of what I'm. You know, that's the reason why. So I'm not going to have a nonprofit that makes no money already. You know, and they're trying to do something good, charge an arm and a leg to to have you come out there. So. You know, you can go to DuttonMindset.com, fill out the form at the bottom of the page, and, and I'll contact you, and we can have a discussion and see if there's a way that I can assist your business or company or your sales team or whatever. If you're making money out of what I do, then I'm probably going to charge you. If you're just trying to help people, then I'll do it for free. Um, so that's kind of like my policy on that. Um, and then go to Instagram, you know, Dutton underscore mindset on Instagram. You know, I have I have some followers on there. I make content every single day. I also have a YouTube channel, Dutton Mindset. It's the brand name. Um, and you know, that just, just spread positivity, you know, cause for me, that's what it's all about. Like, I hate going on social media and it's like the young ladies, all they do is put out, you know, scandalous photos and, and videos. That's where their value lies. Young men, all they do is put out, you know, content about, uh, um, you know, their, their, their money and their car and their cool, you know, drip, whatever you call it these days. And, and it drives me freaking crazy. And I'll, I'll go on my page every single day. You're going to have a motivational video that's going to inspire you, lift you up, and make a fire in your heart because motivation is a gift. It's not something you're going to have every day. Some days you're not going to be motivated. Some days you're not going to want to get up. Some days you're not going to want to start. And that's what it is. And, and I try to give you a small gift every single day. My content is free. It's always going to be free on social media. So go out there and get it. Um, follow me and get something that's not going to make you dumber. That is a good way to look at what you offer and life in general. So, Max, I really appreciate the time that you gave us. I appreciate your words, everything that you said. Um, I hope maybe in the future we get to talk again, but this was excellent. Uh, everything that you said, I will put in the episode notes. So if you're looking for Max, I'll make sure I put his in Instagram information, his website. I'll put a link for his book, everything so that you can find him. Um, thank you again. And thank you to every listener slash watcher of Man of the Prize, the podcast, where your inner monologue is revealed. And I hope that today is the first of many epiphanies that you have so that you decide what you're going to do and you're going to stick with it. Thanks for watching slash listening. And one more thing, never, ever forget. You're the man and you are the prize. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Men Are The Prize podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
And don't forget to follow Harvey on the gram at Men of Zealous Nature or on Twitter at Men Zealous. Have a great week and never forget, you are a man and you are the prize.